I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Dakshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of All Things Policy. I am Mehak Nankani. I work as an assistant program manager at the Takshashila Institution. And today we have Dr. Harshit Kukureja joining us for this episode. Hi Harshit, how are you? Hey Mehak, all well, how are you? I am actually great. So Harshit, like in today's episode, we are going to talk about the state of drug regulation in India. And we are going to, of course, talk about the deaths, the recent deaths of five people due to a drug injection. We are also going to talk about what happened in Gambia two months back. And uh, But before that, before we actually dive into the episode, I'd like to bring it to the attention of our listeners that the applications for Takshashila's uh, one-year postgraduate program in public policy and the three-month graduate certificate in public policy program are now open. We offer specializations in defense and foreign affairs, tech policy and advanced public policy. So I request everyone to please ensure that they check out our website for more details regarding the applications and the start of the starting date of the new courses. And hopefully we will see some of our listeners in our upcoming courses. So Harshit, you know and of course, I'm going to ask you what exactly happened. But there has been the news of the recent deaths of five patients in Chandigarh as an adverse event suspected to be caused after a proper fall injection. And uh, which has, of course, brought in into the light the state of drug regulation, drug manufacturing in India. And uh, of course, proper fall as an injection is also known for being the source of the death of the king of pop, Michael Jackson. But I'd like to ask you what exactly happened in Chandigarh. I know there are a lot of assumptions that have been made. Probably there was contamination after by the manufacturers themselves. There was contamination after the purchase itself. Like some people are speculating that there has been the injections were used after six hours of probably opening the seal. And of course, with Another third point that is being stated is, and of course, there's of course a very rare possibility of it happening, that there has been an overdose of this injection. And it's stated that PGI, which has been using this drug for many years now, of course, it's a very rare possibility that they would have overdosed five people with the same injection. So before we talk about what exactly is the situation of drug regulation in the country and what have been the recent cases and what should we do. Let's just start with this episode of what exactly happened in Chandigarh in past few days. Yeah, hi. So, first of all, the chances of a drug sort of an overdose with propofol is very commonly used. And that to happening in like so many patients, that to in PGI is very, very remote. Basically, slim to none. So, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, this, the manufacturer, this is, all of these deaths happened from a batch from the same manufacturer based in Himachal Pradesh. And this manufacturer also earlier failed certain drug tests for this same drug in other states. So, what is the most common explanation is that this was the same contaminated drug that was getting here. So, even after this was pointed out, no action was taken against this manufacturer. 
and most probably because of certain preservatives this drug is sort of contaminated this drug has a high chance of contamination so this is most probably a case of poor manufacturing practices or some negligence during supplying to the hospital or maybe some negligence during storage so this most probably is a manufacturing issue yeah not uh, yeah yeah and i know of course this incident like has gotten some prop kind of media attention but let's talk about what happened 2 months ago right we know that there was a the country's drug regulation system had come under scrutiny once again after almost 70 children in gambia had died after consuming cough syrups manufactured by a haryana based pharmaceutical company and it wasn't the first time there has been cases of bad record keeping there have been cases of uh, passing of substandard medicines and like poorer quality checks and of course that has raised that there are health concerns for people for india and abroad and let's just also highlight that one fact that india is the third largest country in the world in terms of producing medicine in the highest quantity so we know it's not like india is not producing enough medicines so we know that there are the bulk of medicines being produced by several manufacturers across the country and yet there's a problem of probably poorer quality or counterfeit medicines being easily passed and are actually flowing in the market freely and we cannot blame the pharmaceutical firms alone a lot right of course there has been quality not proper quality checks done on their end as well but we also know there is a problem with the drug regulation system in the country there are some gaps in the implementation because we know there are there are bodies in place which know what to do at what time and at what point in the process but we know there are, there are these licensing authorities there are these regulation authorities there are uh, uh, testing regulations there are procurement processes so we know that there are processes in place we know there are authoritative bodies in place but i want you to talk about like what exactly is the state of drug regulation in india and also highlighting the fact that it's not like these cases do not get media attention they do when people die because of medicines there's a lot of media coverage being given of course for a shorter span of time and there is a rage that happens that it's happening again and again i'll also talk about some recent cases that have happened apart from zambia like there were have been there has been a loss of life in december 2019 because of poisoned cough syrup which actually led to death of 14 children in udhampur and jammu's bishnar districts and in 2014 and 2016 there were only 5% of indian medications which failed the quality test so i want you to talk about and highlight whatever you know about the state of drug procurement regulation manufacturing the state of it in the country and why is it that even if we have so many processes there and bodies in place that we are failing at multiple locations yeah so the current so first sort of the drug regulation policy came out somewhere in 1940 the drug and cosmetic act came out in 1940 and there has been some attempts to modify it and to update it the latest was the the draft act which was out the drugs medical devices and cosmetics it was open for comments somewhere in august 2022 and even in that a lot of pre existing problems were not solved so what happens now is that if you want to manufacture a drug and it has already been approved in india we are talking about like the post approval stage so you get a batch out 
and uh, after you get a badge out you have to send it to a testing authority which is sort of a governmental testing authority or governmental approved lab and then you get the result of whatever then the drug passes and then you can sell it in the market and stuff like that so first of all we don't have the state capacity we don't have the in house testing in house testing capacity to test on such a large scale so we are not able to do a lot of tests for instance the latest data available which is like a little old 2015 said that we are only able to do 1 lakh tests per year so that is very very less so the government is not able to do a lot of test and even when it is the existing infrastructure is there some states for instance himachal pradesh or kerala which are certain pharmaceutical hubs they are not willing to become strict enforcers of this drug policy because they believe that this will push the existing the companies out and obviously their tax revenue and whatever employment and revenue they are bringing to the state second major problem with our existing infrastructure is we don't have sort of the ayurvedic siddha unani homeopathic drugs in our existing system so a lot of modern evidence based drugs have to follow the regulatory process go through the phases of drug approval then they are able to sell in india but these drugs they are not required for instance ayurveda drug has been written in they have called those standard texts so if the name is written in the standard text and its use is written so it can be sold without any more efficacy efficiency testing and there is no adverse effects monitoring there is no post market surveillance in our sort of market so for instance after in the pgi case in the propofol case after that particular drug from that same manufacturer was red flagged in certain senses there is no sort of market surveillance that the government runs or the pharmaceutical manufacturing agency runs which will help other people like test their batches get the drugs out of the batch and obviously there is no following of the good manufacturing and the good distribution practices so even though there is a okay okay structure which for instance you have to get the drug after you get it manufactured you have to get it tested and then you have to put it out in the market that is not followed and even that structure lacks sufficient sort of like teeth to make all the drugs in the indian market sort of safe for use thanks harshit i think we are halfway through and we'll probably pause here for a quick break and then after break we'll probably discuss about what are other serious consequences of not other serious i mean what are the other consequences of supplying and procuring and manufacturing low quality drugs for a longer span of time other than just deaths and why are they not being talked about and probably later we'll discuss about uh, the loopholes in the indian drug regulatory system and how can we pitch in like how can the policy makers and government can pitch in to probably uh, bridge the gaps and uh, have proper implementation policies in place so harshit i'll see you after this break Thank you. 
Hi and welcome back to this episode of All Things Policy. In this episode, by taking various examples of like probably what happened in Chandigarh, the recent deaths of Chandigarh due to drug injection and what happened in Gambia, we are trying to highlight the state in which the Indian drug regulatory system is in and probably what are the measures that have been taken and what are the loopholes that still need to be managed to ensure that high quality drugs are being manufactured, procured and sold and then consumed. So Harshit, of course, we've talked about what's been happening, what is the state. As a doctor, what do you think are the other consequences of consuming low-quality drugs for a longer span of time? I'm sure there are more than just, of course, there are health consequences, there are other social consequences. I just want you to highlight what are those, what are those consequences and other than just the deaths that, of course, gather the most amount of media attention. But I'm also sure that there will be here and there are smaller issues that do not catch the light of the day. Yeah. So, for instance, there's a antibiotic A, which you have to take in 100 MG dose. And because the drug is of not of standard quality, you get somewhere around 30 MG of that antibiotic A. So, because of that, your body is now not able to fight that microbe, that bacteria. And now maybe this is a simpler antibiotic. This is a lower level antibiotic and it is cheaper. You're able to get it. But because there was no optimum concentration of the drug in your blood, your body is not able to fight this infection and it obviously needed help. Now you have to shift to a higher antibiotic and that higher antibiotic comes with more cost, more adverse effects, and a lot of other things. There is also economic cost added to this. And there is a reduction in the effectiveness of the medication, like I like the example I gave. So, and because of adulteration, there can be adverse effects from the unexpected ingredients in the drugs. So, yeah. You have about the reduction of trust in the government, in the pharmaceutical companies, in the drug regulation authorities, like everybody's been talking about how there are side effects to it. They're not manufactured. Like I'm also afraid of the fact that over a long span of time, if these cases keep happening again and again, the authorities and the government will actually lose the trust of the larger public. Don't you think that's also a point that needs to be taken into consideration? Yeah, obviously. For instance, at least till a decade or so ago, the calcium tablets that I used to see around in Delhi were basically useless. Even the pharmacist who used to like dispense that, my grandfather retired from the army, so he was a central government health scheme beneficiary, uh, and they were old, they used to get calcium supplements. Even the pharmacist who used to dispense that used to say that, please take calcium from other sources, these are basically, I used to call them chalk powder. And there were several articles which said that they are basically useless. So, yeah, that distrust transferred into other medicines also, who it may be of like better or at least bearable quality. So, and eventually that distrust transferred into the public health system and the government regulatory system. And obviously now has been made into the distrust into the pharma the big pharma, the pharmaceutical mafia and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like while we're talking about it, it just reminded me that a couple of days back or I don't know, like two, three days back, I was just seeing this video advertisement about how Baba Ramdev was 
claiming that people who have type 1 diabetes should stop consuming like should stop taking insulin and basically start consuming giloy and their herbal juices and that will reverse type 1 diabetes and we know that it's been a serious case during the covid-19 pandemic when people started having a lot of giloy and that actually caused drug induced liver injuries in many people and like that same case with happened with coronel right people it was being advertised as covid solver people weren't getting covid and you know that only 100 people were put into research for that like clinical trials weren't done and this is another point like how easily do these ayurvedic medicines or probably herbal medicines get permission to advertise on such a large scale claiming things that might not be scientifically true i am not really sure of the brand name but there was something some new product which had come into the market and that they said that they were also trying to reverse diabetes they were trying to solve heart problems by consuming ayurvedic products i am not against ayurveda here i'm just saying how easy it is for these companies to come up start advertising things to such a larger public which can have serious health consequences which has had serious health consequences to promote their products like this and probably stating things that might not be even scientifically true and possible so what is your take what is your call on this and like how can we probably work around it yeah max so i think you should be working against the pseudo science but yeah that's all right yeah so i didn't see the video ad i saw the print ad in the newspaper so they made a lot of claims they said that instead of insulin for type 1 diabetes type 1 diabetes is basically now the division between diabetes is less used as been outdated but general public still knows it as type 1 diabetes it's basically insulin dependent so the patients with diabetes who take insulin basically depend on the insulin to help them regulate their blood sugar and to lower down their blood blood sugar levels so that they can get energy from that food basically function and insulin also has a lot of metabolic functions the advertisement claims that some weird mix of juices aloe vera giloy some cucumber tomato and something something so if you add all of them and obviously they are a commercial organization they'll definitely would have come up with a mixture of all those juices in a nice bottle overpriced nice bottle which they would be selling as a cure for diabetes so and they have made a lot of claims they have made claims about blood pressure arthritis thyroid disorders skin disorders asthma and a lot of things yeah and i have no i don't think they take permission before putting these advertisements they basically escape any type of repercussions from these advertisements so uh, because of the lax drug policy even the even the new bill is very lax on these traditional alternative system of i don't want to call them medicine yeah but traditional therapeutic medicines so first of all there is lax regulation and second of all there is no not a lot of bureaucratic and political will to go after them so they are doing as they please and as you rightly pointed out during covid also the same organization was came up with a covid cure product which they said was who approved and they sold it as a cure for covid and because they made such a large claim and because they used who's name then they had to like scale back 
but they do it all the time that you can open any local language newspaper and you will definitely find the ad which claims to cure one of the chronic diseases or cure some diseases cure some surgical condition which needs an operation or a surgical intervention so yeah first is the you have to better your regulation of these alternative systems and you also have to better implementation design your policy such that implementation gets better and there's some will to prosecute them yeah and also like the state of affairs about what's been happening is actually not just that it's very concerning and like let's now walk towards the probably solutions part and i know it's been discussed massively but let's just re-highlight what can be done for example there's a loophole that if a drug is banned and if a manufacturing thing is banned in like manufacturer or pharmaceutical company is banned in one of the states uh, there is no regulation put in place that it will also be banned or probably scrutinized in the other it depends on probably the medical supplies corporations of each state that's and that's actually concerning and in addition to this there are no prob- there are no state drug regulatory authorities which are required to maintain a record of the non compliant and offending drug manufacturers and that's why it's been very difficult for the past few years or probably the decades that the repetitive offenders are not tracked or probably prosecuted so what do you have to say about how can we probably regulate it better what are the possible interventions that are required do we need more people on ground how do we go about it yeah so basically because every state regulates its like pharma industry in a different way and there is no central sort of like registry in which if a drug is if a manufacturer is blacklisted or whatever what do you call that sort of like in the list other states have no obligation to like check their supplies or i don't think there is also a lot of information sharing between states there's no information sharing mechanism between the states so i mean yeah, there well, are medicalized corporations that can share their tenders and probably the pharmaceutical companies that had bid it before and what's then they then rate but in terms of offense i think there is a list of like blacklisted companies for example if you look at medical supplies corporation some like for example tamil nadu works very well and even rajasthan works well so they have on their website they have put a list of blacklisted companies i'm although not sure if the blacklisted list has been made because they weren't able to deliver the drugs or because they failed in the quality test that hasn't oh, yeah. been specified the medical supply corporation is the corporation which is sort of procuring the drugs on behalf of the state this is not the regulatory yeah it has nothing to do with even like private health facilities it's just procuring and probably transporting medicines to public health facilities in their respective states So um, back if I'm not wrong you have worked in a medical supplies corporation right Yeah yeah I did I actually did it for UP in their founding year in 2018 and that's how i remember that there are like but also depends yaar harshit like some medical supplies corporations are working really well others are really not functioning well there are even the people who are heading them have no idea how health functions on ground they just know that there are these many districts and there are these many health facilities in the state and whatever drug is required so i, I actually remember this one incident when around 53 people died of malaria in a week in one district of up and they didn't have medicines not only that there is so much lack of life saving drugs 
essential drugs there is a list in place of course there is a list in place of how many iv fluids are required the list of what are the essential drugs that are required in each health facility but the sad part is they're not there and it's not like they're not there today they have not been there for like months there's of course now there's a corporation being set up but like of course there's a, there are too many stakeholders right there are chief medical superintendents there are chief medical officers and unko like you have to call them ask them what's the state they send you reports probably after a month or so so all of that's been a problem but i again think that's again a regulatory problem because the minimum checks and balances are put in place yeah obviously government procurement of drugs is not that smooth and it runs into many problems but there is no sort of a smooth mechanism which allows for instance the procurement cooperation of one state to uh, sort of put its results in a database which shows that so this drug from this manufacturer failed the testing whatever failed the testing so that maybe someone from other state uh, he can like put a query on the database and see how the manufacturer is doing so there's no smooth going mechanism i think some central institute i think pgi has instituted its in house testing pgi chandigarh uh, mm-hmm. in which they want to like random check and batch check a lot of the common drugs they use and whatever drugs they that run into that they suspect are of not of standard quality so if the state is unwilling to do that and is not able to do proper testing i think it will fall into individual big institutes to do the testing and see uh, yeah. what is working and what is not So, and how important do you think it is to ensure that the people who are put on ground are well equipped and well skilled? Because maybe some person is equipped in one thing, but they have nothing idea of like other thing. Uh, there is also a problem of, of keeping track records. How important do you think first thing is up to ensure that people are people who are on ground are actually aware of every part of the process and they're trained well? And how do we train them well? And second. what is the role of transparency here like it's still very in like it's not very transparent what happens on ground of course that that's why the gambia incident happened and that's why the chandigarh incident happened so how do we probably solve these issues yeah so the latest bill they divided sort of the drug test the testers the on ground people as we are talking about them now into different parts some were specialized in drug testing some were for medical devices so some people were for biologicals and cosmetics so and they made different testing labs and testing centers for this and they also made this was at the state and the central level so if you differentiate all these people if put them into like different specializations and if you equip them with proper equipment and also proper powers and political will I think this system can work, but you also have to sort of offload some of your testing to private centers. So I don't think the government can scale up its testing very quickly and sort of even if you have, for instance, enough number of drug inspectors on the ground, but you don't have the testing capacity. It's they're basically not able to perform because unless they can go into maybe some manufacturing unit. get a sample send it to the lab get a result back stop the batch before it gets out so they won't be able to uh, do their job properly and stop uh, dangerous drugs drugs with potential harmful effect to get into the market yeah, yeah so there is there is a need mm-hmm. for maybe some things in the new 
bill are appropriate and good for the situation we are facing yeah i mean the new framework that's required to be put in place which is of course which runs on the idea of international standards and national set standards and of course the what are the modern contemporary needs of what the public actually needs and the, of course the framework should be transparent the processes should be transparent and they should be effective not only theoretically but also practically so now we are actually towards the end of the episode harshit thank you for joining us for this episode and i hope that people actually start cleaning up what's been wrong in the pharma industry for so long uh, before another gambia incident takes place or probably before any archadigar incident takes place and because the drug laws that are being put in place and they're because of poorer implementations and because there of because just of minute loopholes it's costing the lives of people in india and of course around the globe but thanks arshit thanks for joining us for this episode i hope you had a great time talking about things here yeah it, it's always a good conversation with you mehak so i think i'll put some interesting readings in the description that, and people, yeah that yeah and yeah. the listeners can go like go check them out there's a very nice book called the truth pill it's about the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. industry it's by it's by dinesh thakur yeah dinesh thakur yeah dinesh thakur and there's one more lawyer prashant reddy so yeah yeah the it's a very pill, nice yeah. book you can like go check it out it's well written and it describes the whole process and what are the incidents and the history of pharmaceutical regulation in this country yeah Thanks, thanks Harshit, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. We'll uh, probably see you in another episode, Harshit, and I'll be back. And but also keeping up yourself updated with what's happening in the policy world, in the tech world, and what's been the major updates in defense and foreign relations. Please keep listening to All Things Policy, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks, Harshit. Thanks, Meg. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle. at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in